You are listening to episode 13 of the Tennis Files podcast, formulating a winning game plan before tennis matches. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Today I want to tackle an issue that I think a lot of players have and which they don't take advantage of, and that's formulating a pre-match game plan. You know, a lot of people, when they have a tennis match, what they do is they just, you know, they kind of hear about it, you know, maybe they'll find out who they're playing, and then they just step on the court without thinking about the things that they have to do in order to win. And so the thing about preparing tactically is that will give you a huge advantage over your opponent. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of the greatest minds, such as like Sun Tzu and and you know, the greatest generals, like what what happens with them is they find out everything they can about their opponent and they also understand their full capabilities. And then based on, you know, what they know about themselves and their opponent, they formulate a winning strategy and try to implement that strategy. But where I think a lot of tennis players fail is they uh, pretty much go into the match brainless. So they don't think at all about you know, what their own strengths are, what their own weaknesses are, and, you know, how their opponents play. And, um, you know, you have to really ask yourself all these questions in order to maximize the chances of you winning. Because, you know, especially when you and your opponent are evenly matched, it's going to be the player who has the best tactics and who can most successfully execute those tactics that will win the match. And, you know, it, it's not just me who's saying this. So, I mean, if you remain skeptical or if you don't think that this is very important, you know, this guy who I think many of you may know, Brad Gilbert, uh, he wrote an amazing book called Winning Ugly, which I had the chance to read recently. And so Brad Gilbert, he had what many people considered as very ugly strokes. But, you know, nevertheless, he maximized his capabilities and his bank account to the tune of $5.5 million in prize money by thinking through what he was going to do before matches and thinking about his opponent and about his own abilities and then employing superior strategy to defeat his opponents. And so doing this, Brad Gilbert reached number four in the world and he was hired by several Grand Slam champions such as Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick, and Andy Murray. And uh, Andre Agassi, I believe, won six out of his eight Grand Slam titles with Brad Gilbert by his side. Uh, So that's pretty amazing. And that tells you a lot about the respect that Andre Agassi has for Gilbert. I think Andre called him one of the greatest coaches of all time. And so in the book Winning Ugly, Brad Gilbert takes uh, his readers through some amazing excuse me, some amazing matches and his thought processes um, before taking the court. And so a couple of the matches that I remember reading about in the beginning were, 
his wins over Boris Becker and John McEnroe, who were top five at the time, uh, if not number one. And it's just amazing to hear Brad think about the skills that his opponent had and what he had, as well as even things like he knew that Boris Becker would break down mentally if he could get under his skin and if he, if he could outlast him in, in the heat and how serving to his forehand would be a better strategy because his forehand tended to break down sometimes. And it was just a great, great way to get you know your own brain thinking about how you can succeed tactically. Obviously, Gilbert's pre-match considerations of how to play his opponents in his mind was the key to his uh, reason for his victories. By the way, if anybody knows Brad Gilbert, please shoot me an email because I, you know, I, I really have enjoyed reading his book and I actually sent him a tweet to come on the show. Um, but he obviously has probably gets hundreds of tweets a day. So um, if you know him, let me know. Love to interview him. And so, you know, let's just think of the player, like the normal player, I think, uh, in, in leagues and tournaments. Uh, what they do is they just hear that they have a match and then they... They may think briefly about what type of player the opponent is or whatever, and then they'll just show up on the court. And there's obviously a lot wrong with that because the player is not asking himself or herself about the strengths and weaknesses of him and his opponent. So there are several benefits of having a pre-match game plan, and I want to go through five big ones that I see. So the first huge benefit of having a pre-match game plan is that it helps you play the big points effectively. Because what happens during big points, if you don't have a strategy, is you don't really have a roadmap to follow. So you kind of tend to think about the results and about how you have to win the point. But if you have a strategy to employ, it's really, it's much easier to focus on what you have to do in the point. If you have already thought about the most effective point patterns or where you need to get the ball to the opponent's weaknesses or things like that, then when there's a big point, you just immediately think about that and you say, all right, you know, I've got to kick the serve to his backhand and then hit the ground stroke in the opposing corner and come to the net or, or whatever it is that you know will be effective. So, I mean, that's super helpful um, to have a game plan in place for the big points because it kind of takes the pressure off your mind. The second huge benefit of having a strategy, uh, of having thought about strategy before your match is that it helps you stay focused. So, you know, I I got a lot of emails from my audience, uh, which I really appreciate uh, when I asked them about their number one issue in tennis and... A lot of you guys actually said that staying focused on the court is your biggest issue. And so having a game plan really solves a lot of that because it doesn't matter if you're down 5-0 or if you're up 5-0, you're going to have the plan in place that you need to follow. It's in you that, okay, you know, this particular strategy keeps working. So I'm up 5-0, I'm going to just keep doing it instead of like, instead of having your mind wander. Um, and you know, it can wander from time to time, but you just have to keep your mind, uh, get your mind back on the strategies that you've been using to win. Or if you're losing, um, sometimes it's okay to try and shift your strategy, but you just should be mindful whether it's the strategy not working or, and if the strategy is not optimal, or if it's because you're, you just are not 
able to execute the strategy. Because if you know that you have an optimal strategy that you've been trying to implement and you just haven't been making the shots, then I mean, there's not much you can do about that in terms of strategy because that's obviously, you know, the best strategy that you can think of. So you just have to find it within you to just pick up your intensity and try and execute and make those shots. And then hopefully once you do execute the strategy, then that'll work out. But so again, you know, the having a game plan in place will help you stay focused during the match. So that's a huge advantage of having this type of roadmap in place. Another advantage of having a game plan is that it helps you start the match off strong. So the problem with just showing up on the court without thinking about strategy is what you're going to do is what a lot of players uh, do, which is to, quote, feel out the match. And the problem with feeling out the match is sometimes by the time you feel out the match, you'll be down 4-0. You know, I mean, it's, it's not the best way to do things. You know, you should be taking into account things that you learn during the match, but you still should have some sort of game plan in place. So the thing is, if you know the point patterns, strategies, and tendencies that you can take advantage of during the match, then you can start using them immediately. So that's why it's really helpful to think about what you need to do on the court before the match, because you can start the match off strong. And related to that, Another advantage is that you will feel more in control of the match because think about it. If you don't have a game plan in place, you're going to walk in there not really knowing what to do. So you're just going to, again, feel out the match and then figure out, oh, maybe I should do this based on that. But it takes time. So if you have a game plan, you walk in there feeling confident, knowing like, okay, I know that I need to outgrind this opponent, or I know that I need to throw in some servant volleys to his backhand. You know, you know what you need to do. So it's a lot easier to play the match when you know what you have to do. Uh, it's kind of like going into a test, you know, without studying or without at least thinking strategically how you're going to manage your time. Um, you're going to go in there like a lot more nervous than you would be if you had actually thought about these things beforehand. So, and then another huge advantage of having a game plan is that it helps you become a smarter player. And what I mean by that is if you consider the strengths and weaknesses of yourself and your opponent uh, before every match, or at least before a ton of, you know, a lot of those matches, you're going to get used to figuring out ways on how to beat your opponents. And what that does is you're going to build up this kind of memory bank in your head on exactly how you should be playing against different types of opponents uh, or, or what best suits your game and how you should be playing tennis, you know, what style is, is best suited for you. That's going to help you for every single outing moving forward. And so you're going to be, again, better at dealing with all sorts of different players. And um, it just, uh, you know, it makes you a better thinker. It just engages the mind, which is fantastic. Because, you know, I remember back in the juniors, like, I, you know, while I was successful, you know, through a lot of it, I, I just wasn't really thinking. I was more reacting. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's it's good not to overthink, but you still should know what you what you want to do to some extent. You know, you, you need to think about strategies. You need to think about your opponent and, and yourself and then 
execute uh, an optimal strategy. And so obviously, you know, a lot of people wonder what or how they should formulate a strategy or how they can do that. And so there's a, a few questions that you should be asking yourself. So first are questions that you want to ask about your opponent, if you know who your opponent will be. And so the first obvious you know, question is, who are you going to play? And with that, I would just want to talk about a superstition or advice that some people give that is really only partially accurate at best. And that is a lot of people say that you shouldn't look at the draw. And it's true that you shouldn't look ahead in the draw to other rounds because you should focus on the opponent that is coming up. But you definitely should look at the draw to figure out who your opponent is in the, you know, the, the match that's coming up so that you can assess that opponent. So here's some questions, uh, some of which I've alluded to before. So let's say you know you're going to play whoever. So ask yourself, what do you know about this player's game? What are his or her strengths? What are his or her weaknesses? If you've played this player, what made you successful against this player last time? And how is this player successful against you? And then also ask, if you know it, is your opponent a mentally tough player? And then what types of point patterns, strategies, or anything else bother or annoy your opponent? And then whether or not you know who your opponent is, it's extremely important to ask yourself questions about your own game, which are essentially what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and how do you win most of your points? Because then you can figure out what shots you need to be setting up in your game Because obviously a strength means that you're successful when you utilize that particular stroke or whatever it is, whether it be your capability to uh, run to the ball fast and retrieve a lot of balls or if it's a serve or forehand or whatever. So once you know the answer to these questions, and even if you just know the answer to your own game and you don't know who your opponent is, then you want to put together a strategy So you formulate a strategy based on the answers to the questions we just discussed. And the key questions that you want to ask yourself when you put your strategy together is, first, how can I use my strengths to exploit my opponent's weaknesses? And how can I minimize my opponent's ability to exploit my weaknesses? And then you also want to ask, what point patterns can I use to win a lot of points? And what point patterns will frustrate my opponent the most? So ask yourself these questions and answer them. And then based on those answers, you want to put together a game plan. I'm going to give you an example of this. um, But first, I just want to talk about, you know, when should you be doing this? When should you be formulating a game plan? So ideally, you want to formulate a game plan as soon as you find out about your opponent, uh, you know, who that person is. And the reason why is you this will allow you to practice your game plan before the match. So let's say I know I am playing against a lefty who hits a crap ton of spin on the ball. So then I can maybe find a practice partner who's a lefty and tell him like, hey, you know, do you mind hitting with a ridiculous amount of spin so I can practice against this type of player? And then that way you can, you know, figure out strategies to use against that player. 
But, you know, sometimes you won't have much time before your match, you know, once you find out about who your opponent is. And in that case, you can think about these questions and formulate the strategy, you know, the day before or the day of. And, you know, it is advantageous to write down your strategies and point patterns because, at least for me personally, I when I write things down, uh, then I remember them much better. So... You can write it down on paper or you can write down your notes on a computer. And the advantage to a computer is that you can more easily store them. So say if you come across the same player again, then you can have notes on that player that you can easily access on your computer. Or if you want to do it old school and just keep a file of of notes on each player in some sort of weird file cabinet, uh, that's cool, I guess. But... Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Now I want to just give you an example of of a way that I researched my opponent and thought about my own game and then put that all together to find success in a match. I did play a a U.S. Open sectional qualifying tournament uh, a little while back. And, you know, what I did was I decided to research who my first round opponent was. And I was talking with my friend Victor, and he actually suggested that we just try to check YouTube if uh, to see if this player had any videos of himself playing. And obviously, you're not always going to find your opponent on YouTube, but in this case, it really helped out. So we actually did find a video of my opponent playing, and then watching him closely, we find out we found out that he rarely attacked serves, and he would often block back his backhand return. He would just chip it back. So that was something I picked up. And then... I also knew that my forehand is my strength, and I know that I'm an aggressive baseliner, and I do prefer to, you know, not as hit as many hit as many backhands. So, considering this information, which isn't even really like a deep dive on, you know, my opponent or myself, I came up with a few strategies. So I knew that I could go for my first serves more often because I knew that my opponent didn't really attack second serves that much. And then I also knew that I should throw in some serve and volleys to my opponent's backhand because he would chip his backhand back. And it wasn't like he had some sort of laser beam slice. So I could definitely exploit those tendencies of my opponent. And I also knew that if we got into a backhand rally... A good strategy to use was to hit a you know relatively sla- uh, safe topspin or backhand slice, so backhand topspin or backhand slice down the line to get the point back to hitting my forehand, which is my strength. So I, I basically wanted to hit as many forehands as possible and attack his backhand, and then you know go for some more first serves. And then with this game plan, you know I walked in the match, uh, you know. It's normal to have some nerves, of course, but I was pretty confident. You know, I I thought that I could execute this game plan and be successful. And, you know, I played really well. I was just focused on the game plan. I did what I needed to do. I started the match off strong, and then I 
I won uh, much more handily than I think I would have without considering this information because without knowing all these things about my opponent and my game, I probably would have been more nervous. Uh, I would have had to take a few more games to discover my opponent's tendencies and find out, in fact, that he tended to chip his backhand's return and that he didn't attack second serve as much. And I wouldn't have had any direction as far as what I should be doing in the match to maximize my own strengths against my opponent's weaknesses. Because, you know, even though it's obvious to me and other players that my foreign is my strength, if I don't really think about that and try to make it a priority in the match, then I'm not really going to maximize my use of my forehand as much as I would have if I actually think about it. And you know, a funny story is when I was younger, around like 14 years of age, I played a kid in Texas at a national open. And I remember seeing him with a piece of paper with notes on it, uh, reviewing it during changeovers and I remember kind of getting pissed off for some reason and I questioned the kid like thinking that he had done something wrong or he had some secret illegal notes on me but you know after thinking about it years later uh, I mean this kid was definitely doing the right thing because you know having a game plan written down like that uh, is really helpful to keep your mind focused and to keep you from not following through with what you need to do and um, it, you know, it's just really helpful to have notes on your opponent. And so, yeah, I just want to stress to you guys that having a pre-match game plan is one of the most underutilized and overlooked advantages that a tennis player can use to win tennis matches. I really think that a lot of tennis players almost play brainless in that they just know they have a match and they show up. And the least that you can do is, a, is at least think about your own game, your own strengths and weaknesses. Because again, I do realize that, you know, especially in USA League matches, you don't know who the opponent will be until the end. And so just think about your game and then try to set up the points in a way that you'll be hitting, you know, you, you'll be using your strength as much as possible. And then, you know, the more you think about strategies, uh, the more that you'll be able to come up with optimal ones even on the fly. Because even with USC matches, you'll still have at least like five minutes to know who you're going to play. So you can quickly go through some strategies you can use to to uh, against your opponent once you find out who that is. And even if you don't know who they are at all, just try to set up your strengths. And, you know, as the match goes on, try to think about additional ways that you can exploit your opponent's weaknesses with your strengths. The smarter, more strategic tennis player will win far more often than the one who shows up on the court without a roadmap for success will. And so ask yourself questions about your own game, about your opponent's game if you can, and if you know who that is, and then set up that roadmap for success to keep you confident and directed and playing with a purpose and you know I can tell you I played tennis yesterday and I I played really well it was you know granted it was a practice but I felt like my mind was constantly engaged before practically every point I was simply thinking about the best way to play the point and it was different you know I didn't really ever have any thoughts about you know the importance of the point or 
some sort of any like technical things that I should be doing. It was, it was, it was all about where I should be placing the ball and what I should be doing that would annoy my opponent the most and make them not succeed. And it really helped out. So I really encourage you guys to use the roadmap uh, that is the game plan to your advantage because a lot of people aren't going to be thinking about this. They're just going to show up on the court without thinking. And when you use your brain like Brad Gilbert did, uh, even if you don't have the skills of your opponent, you will be able to defeat them with superior tactics. And on that note, I want to give you a quote uh, from Abraham Lincoln, who said, Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. And that just, again, stresses how important it is to prepare. Because without preparation, you are preparing yourself to fail. So, and that's another great quote uh, by Alan Lakin. It says, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing for failure. I just also want to uh, let you guys know, if any of you are in the Washington, D.C. area, this coming Saturday, that is April 16th, at Georgetown Prep from 7 to 9 p.m., there is the College Tennis Alumni Challenge that's being hosted by MCTA, uh, which I'm a board member on. And we created that event so that you can represent your school and have fun with, um, you know, school rivalries and stuff. And so we're trying to get as many players as we can. It's open to any players, 3, 5, and above, who want to represent their school or players who played college tennis or played club tennis. It's a lot of fun. It's only 15 bucks, and you get snacks, beer, and tennis all included. So if you're in the D.C. area, definitely check that out. I also want to give a shout-out to some of you guys in the audience who, uh, you know, really made my day and continue to support me, and I really appreciate it. So first off, shout-out to Catherine, who sent me an email a bit ago, and uh, I was really floored by her, her nice words. She said that she really enjoyed my podcast, and she even said that, my podcast is the best one out there, which, you know, who knows, but um, I was really grateful for that comment. And I remember I was walking down the hall with my girlfriend, Cheryl, and then I, I said, Cheryl, look at this. Catherine said that my podcast is the best one out there. And then she tried to calm me down and said, be quiet. You know, we're in the halls. There's people who live here. And I, I said, oh, oops. But um, thanks to Catherine. Also, thanks to Toyama from Sao Paulo, Brazil. You know, I appreciate you listening to my podcast while driving to and from work. Um, you know, thanks for taking the time to send me uh, a nice email. Uh, thanks to Sid from West Virginia um, for the really kind iTunes review. I'm definitely passionate, like you said, and I'm, I'm I appreciate having a passionate listener like you as well, Sid. Uh, also, Dominika from Poland, thanks for the kind email, and I'm really glad that you enjoy the podcast, and uh, it's my my pleasure to help you out in your game, and no, no worries um, on that. And then also, um, shout out to Jim, thanks for your email, I'm really glad that you like the mind map, um, which you can check out at tennisfiles.com slash mind map. I know you're going to use that tool to help you improve your game, uh, that's a free tool for people to organize um, and plan out uh, their goals. Uh, it's a really great tool, so definitely check that one out, you can get mind maps for free there. I also 
I uh, would love it if you guys would subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. I mean, you can do that in iTunes um, in the client. Once you find my show, there should be a subscribe button, or you can just type in tennisfiles.com slash iTunes in your web browser and then click on the Blue View and iTunes button and then click subscribe. So I hope that this episode really opened your eyes at least to the notion that you should be trying to, you know, just be like, be like a general, you know, be like the prepared student. Think about everything you can regarding your opponent, regarding your own game, because the more details that you can figure out uh, about yourself and your opponent, the more information you have that you can use to formulate an optimal game plan to help you succeed. And a lot of people aren't taking advantage of this. So if you guys take advantage, you're going to see a lot of great results, not just in the end goal of winning matches, but it'll also help you stay in control uh, and be calm during matches and have a direction and know what you need to do to succeed. And of course, you know, if the game plan isn't working, feel free to change it up based on what you learn in the match. But having that roadmap at least is going to take you a long way. And tennis is a game of razor thin margins. And think back to how many times you've had matches where you're where you lose because of a break of serve or you lose in a tie break, you lose because of a one point swing. And optimal strategy is going to get you a heck of a lot more than one more point, uh, which is sometimes all you'll need to win uh, a match and swing it in your favor. So again, come up with that game plan and you will really, really be happy with your improved results. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. I wish you all the best. I really enjoy serving you guys and helping you improve your game. If you ever have any questions, just email me at mirban at tennisfiles.com. That's M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com. And thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit tennisfiles.com.